Hi, everybody, and welcome back to Opera Offstage. I'm Jesse, And I'm Michelle. Well, today on the podcast, we have a very exciting guest. Today, we have Taylor Rossi with us. She is a flautist. She is a photographer, a web designer, and she's pretty much good at everything. So we're super excited to have her on. She's been a friend and supporter of the podcast for a long time. So this is really exciting for us. So hi, Taylor. Welcome. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm so, so excited to be here today. Awesome. So if you guys follow us on Instagram, you've probably already seen Taylor around. She has an amazing social media presence and I feel like we're always talking back and forth. So Taylor, why don't you introduce yourself to our audience? Tell us about yourself, what you do. Awesome. Yeah. So my name's Taylor. I am a, like Michelle said, flutist, photographer, and web designer based in Boston. Every single time I say all those things, I feel like I have to tell my whole life story because they do not seem to make sense <laughs> for other people. But for me, it's a very meaningful through line. But I work with a lot of musicians and people in the yoga industry and things like that. Lots of people in the queer community as well. But basically, I have made a career of everything that I really like doing. So that's <laughs> the easiest way to sum it all up. That's awesome. I mean, that's the dream, right? Yeah, if, if everybody remembers Yoga for All Musicians, who we teamed up with last year, Taylor does a lot of their promo work, Yeah, right? I was actually just thinking about that before we started chatting. I was like, I'm pretty sure that they know who they are, and they, in fact, have worked together. So yeah, <laughs> just trying to make my world as small as possible. Let's <laughs> try to bring everybody together, right? Yeah. No, but that's awesome. I think that really is the dream of being able to have all of these different passions and, you know, pursue all of them simultaneously in different ways. So that's sick. Thanks. <laughs> You're so cool. <laughs> so before we get into some of the, the meatier questions, we like to do just like a fun little speed round of silly questions. So don't overthink it. First thought. Okay. So let's start with what's the craziest thing that's happened to you during a lesson. Okay, so this was not in a lesson, but it was right before I went to my school. It was during my auditions. And in in the music, the instrumental world, the brand of your instrument is often very like important or people just have a lot of preferences about it. And when I was a little baby, you know, high school or auditioning for college, I had no idea. My cousin was a flutist and she literally gave me the flute that I auditioned for colleges on. So my knowledge of that was very minimal. And so my teacher, my prospective teacher asked me, she's like, oh, like, what kind of flute do you play on? And I just said, this one. <laughs> and she, <laughs> she took it out of my hands and looked at it. And I was like, okay, <laughs> like, we're not actually going to get in here. It's fine. But luckily I did. Um, and I take that embarrassment to the grave. But <laughs> that's incredible. <laughs> yeah, it was a really cute moment. <laughs> This one. <laughs> this one. This so one. Sweet. A little baby Taylor. Yeah. That's so funny. <laughs> pink. <laughs> I think this is extra funny because I literally have a pink shirt on. My eyeshadow is pink. Like, I'm sitting in my room, which has like 18 shades of pink. <laughs> she came branded for the episode. <laughs> Branding always. always. I'll dive into that later. Yeah. She's living it out. So you play the flute. Do you play any other instruments? I play guitar a little bit and I, I was a music ed major in undergrad, so I quote unquote can play many instruments, um, but proficiently now. Guitar a little bit, piano a little um, Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I have a funny story about oh, God. <laughs> Because you were in the music ed program with my boyfriend. You sure was. <laughs> 
No, he was telling me about when it came to playing like woodwind instruments. Obviously, you guys had to teach each other yeah. things. I think it was like clarinet or something. And he was like, yeah, here I was like barely making notes. And Taylor was like, oh, yeah. And then would actually play the instrument. <laughs> okay. To be fair, though, I remember taking cello like string tech classes and I was in the practice room feeling so proud of myself and Gabe walked by and roasted my hand position. <laughs> <laughs> sounds sounds accurate. Incredible. True yeah. to form. <laughs> Love that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So you do play a couple of instruments, but if there was yeah. like if you had the ability to magically pick up any instrument and instantly be like one hundred percent proficient, like ready to play at Carnegie Hall, what would what instrument would you choose? Okay, despite what I just said, it would really be cello. I think it's so beautiful. It's, it's like, right. I can't hear it without my heart like bleeding in my chest. It just is so, so beautiful. And to play, I, I mean, flute vibrate, like the instrument vibrates, but I just feel like the way like a big string instrument vibrates just has to feel so incredible to play at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. Wow, Gabe can never hear this episode. <laughs> Um. <laughs> oh my god just like ego through the roof okay and one last question if you're like driving boston at night right like windows down perfect weather what are you blasting on the radio classical or not oh like what's your go-to like night drive song i feel like I listen to a lot of like indie music and there's a lot of actually my favorite thing is when indie music has instrumentals wrapped into it or like funk bands have like a brass section in it so lake street dives i'm a huge fan of their stuff because they used to have a trumpet player for the longest time or um like sammy Ray and the friends has been a big one for me that just like the vocals hit differently you know so anything like that where it can be mixed in or my last one i have to say like yeah any kind of funk thing where you can kind of just like sing along to the little improv just it's my favorite i love that i was playing Sammy Ray for uh Michelle nice. yesterday classic <laughs> yeah I know that's so funny yeah oh to any listeners who either live in Boston or haven't ever been to Boston you have to do a night drive <laughs> even if you don't have a car like you have to rent one <laughs> and just drive <laughs> those streets when there's like nobody on it and everything's lit up it is immaculate it's it so is the best it yeah. really is now we get to we we know you a little better <laughs> <laughs> Look at that. We know your whole life story based on those questions. Basically, yeah. So let's dive into the meat a little bit more. So you obviously have many interests. You have a lot of different things that you're working on. And so can you tell us a little bit about your career path? Maybe where you started, how you incorporated these different passions of yours into kind of one career? Yeah. So like I said before, I was a music ed major, basically got to student teaching and said, this is not for me. I realize I'm a much more one-on-one -on -one person and standing in front of a band did not feel like my jam. I really liked more of the individual lessons. And right around this time, I felt like I was really feeling a lot stronger at my instrument and I wasn't ready to let it go, um, especially if I felt like if I did pursue being a band teacher like I had set out to be and told everyone and you know spent thousands and thousands of dollars on this degree and doing that I wouldn't have time in my mind to actually practice my instrument so I did the thing that many people do which is going to grad school for performance because that was the only thing I could think of and 
just getting a job until I figured out what I wanted to do just wasn't a thought in my mind. So I went to grad school and I remember being there and I had a very odd experience, but I think the thing that just kept sticking out in my mind was no one was asking me or no one was telling me how I was going to make a living, how I was going to actually make income. And that started to really bother me because it seems like such a simple question or it seems like something that probably most other degrees have and it was really bothering me. So at that same time, I started, I applied for two jobs because I needed income during grad school. And one of them was as an ice cream scooper. And the other was at a um, music company as an intern. And I actually did not hear back from the ice cream company, but I did hear back. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently I wasn't qualified to scoop. But um, not the scoop. Um, So I heard back from this music company and basically my job there was to like sweep and wipe down instruments for trials and be a basic, um, basic lady while I was there. But I started to notice more that um, there were little things. I noticed gaps like their social media presence wasn't strong and they needed help just kind of like uploading things to the website. And those were things that I was really interested in and found really fulfilling to do. So I kind of was able to start dipping my toe in the water doing that. That grew and grew. And by the time I got to the first, the end of my first year of grad school, after playing a recital to a room of five people, three of which are my family, I decided that that was a pretty low point and it didn't feel right. I couldn't imagine myself going back. And that was a very controversial opinion at the time to not finish out a two-year degree after I had finished one, but I just didn't feel like any more money I spent was going to be worth it in what I was looking to do. So I had this very rare opportunity to work full-time at this company. It taught me so, so much, and I really discovered my love of marketing and getting to connect with people regardless of where we were located because that's, you know, the power of social media and how we even have this relationship, which is so wonderful talking from two different coasts, but, um, doing that, working on websites, I got to start taking some photos of the instruments, put on the websites. And so it was kind of like dipping my toe into all these things that I do now. And it just, my love for all of them grew. Um, and then as life happens, I wound up getting laid off and it was a really weird time because I had just gone through this whole life change. And here I was again, with only like a year of experience in marketing and trying to apply to all these jobs that were outside of music or that were in music and not hearing anything back. And so eventually I just started build, I I think at the time I had decided I'm going to start a flute studio. I can make a website for it. I can promote this on socials. And it was super fun. I remember really loving making my website. It had so much pink as you can probably believe. Uh, (laughs) And that was, you know, the first kind of big shift towards self-employment. And then to kind of just make some money to support myself, um, I wound up getting a temp job in an office feeling super, super dead inside, but started doing some freelance website design work outside of that. And then it just kind of kept snowballing and I started making more connections. I had someone ask me to, to update her website and she literally just said it because she liked mine and so like took a chance, which felt crazy like to pay me to do that when all she did was said that she liked mine and my socials. And so then it kind of just started snowballing from there. And organically, I 
need I started doing more social media so I needed to buy a camera and notice like I really like taking pictures of people so I started taking pictures of my friends and then I started really like you know doing like websites more and things just kind of started adding on after that and have continued to snowball to where I am today so it's really like a six year <laughs> process of how we got here but um, all of those things to me it started with a bunch of risk and a bunch of weird circumstances and people willing to take a chance on me. And now it's really just building upon that. Yeah. No, that's awesome. And it is like, it's such a process, right? We spend so much time in music school. And if you are a person that decides to have a dual career or a multifaceted career or just completely switch into something else, when you're in the midst of that six-year process, it's it can feel very chaotic, right? Um, especially with everything that's ingrained in us in music school of like, you know, lessons, like young artist programs or like orchestra positions career. And, but it's never been like that. And that's, that's really interesting. So six years to kind of go from music school to kind of thriving now. Yeah. That's awesome. Plus just amidst, you know, your early twenties when you're just unlearning everything from school and figuring everything out. So it was a lot of questioning and I'm so relieved to be done with that now. Yeah. It can be really hard to, to like question your, your path amongst musicians too. Cause you do end up with a lot of people who for better or for worse, do know exactly what they want to do in life. And you're like, why am I not as sure? Yeah. <laughs> it's very uncomfortable. Well, I think the thing that has almost irked me is that people use, seem to use that. I don't know if it's in a way that they're, not feeling confident in their own decisions. But at this point, I don't actually find it like as a power move to do the thing that you said you wanted to do since you were three years old. I think it's so much more brave to divert off the path because that's doing the thing you said when you were a child and your brain wasn't totally formed is so comfortable. And there's nothing wrong if that's actually what's been your life and you're totally fulfilled. But I don't think that it makes you any better of a person or any more successful in your career as many people and, you know, schools have made us feel. Yeah. No, that's a great point. Yeah. And the best thing you can ever do is be honest to yourself about what makes you happy. Yeah. I think also when you like cling too tightly to an idea of what you want, you totally take out the opportunity to explore other facets. And that's what we always talk about on the podcast. Like you're so much more than just a musician. There is so much more that you like can pursue and have the pre- freedom to pursue. And there's just so much creativity in everybody, but especially musicians. And so you can often do yourself a great service by giving yourself the liberty to explore other options, even if you do decide you want to do music full time. Yeah, 100%. You know, so... You know, obviously you talked about your passion for websites and designing them and building them. But I think a lot of people are still figuring out whether or not they're at the stage where they need a website. Or So could you give them some of your top reasons why musicians should have a website? Yeah, the first that I want to say is that you do not need to be at the height of your career to have a website. It is a marketing tool. It is not a resume. It is not a list of all your awards and accomplishments. I always say, save that for your memoir. Start writing it now if you want, if you just really need that ego boost, but it is, (laughs) it is hardly, (laughs) hardly about you. So 
like I said, it is a marketing tool and it is to help you get other opportunities. When I think about websites, especially for musicians, and if you're performing, there are so many times when uh, I've gotten random emails from people. Like, for example, I had some woman email me. She's like, I need a flutist for a wedding. Are you available? I wasn't available. And there are a couple people in Boston I knew and none of them, or one person had a website, but none of the other people did. They only had Instagram accounts. And I didn't feel comfortable sending a complete stranger an Instagram account to see what their works, you know, or to see, to show her what they sounded like. When you have a website, it is literally what you own. You get to completely customize it and show how great you are, but also show why you are the right person for the job. And that is the biggest thing that I completely, or that I see musicians completely missing out on because they're just, again, like showing all these things they've accomplished. Um, so that being said, it is never too early to start making it. And the great thing is you can always update it. You should always update it. There is not, it's not etched in stone. So, um, I highly recommend people start maybe even in college just to start getting yourself out there. And because the way Google works, it takes a long time for things to start ranking the sooner, the better. Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, you can always update it. Cause I know like I have, I've had a lot of friends who made something or like they had to make something like freshman year of college you know, and then they're still sending out that same website that hasn't been updated to like grad schools. And you're like, okay, (laughs) first of all, you look nothing like you did freshman year. (laughs) You have grown up significantly. Like it's just kind of interesting. So, I mean, when you do make your own site, what are some things to keep in mind when you're DIYing it? Like how often should we be updating if we're starting from scratch? What are some things to keep in mind? All that good stuff. Yeah. When I think about starting a website, before I even start thinking about the colors or the fonts or what pages I want, I ask myself, what do I want people to get out of this? Because that's really going to take a lot of questions away. And especially because a website is a big project. It's not something little, and I don't mean that in an overwhelming way, but there is a lot of intention that needs to go behind it in order to remove a lot of that overwhelm. So asking yourself what you want people to get out of this. So one option might be, I want to be teaching lessons and I want it to specifically be for people in a local area. Let's, let's stick with this cello theme, like, you know, five-year-olds to people auditioning for college or something like that. Getting really specific about that. And then you can start asking yourself some more questions. So what do, who do I need to be speaking to? If it's people who are younger or kids who are younger, I probably should be talking to the parents. I shouldn't be using copy that's talking to the kid because they're not the one signing up for lessons. Starting to ask yourself those questions is going to be really helpful and remove a lot of excess copy or pages or just random information that doesn't seem to make sense, then you can start getting into the branding. So whenever it comes to branding, it can be tricky at first, but my favorite thing to do is look around your room, look in your closet, look and see what kind of style you have, and then apply that to your socials or your website because it's an extension of you. And so it should represent that. So for example, if I look around my room right now, I see one, two, three, 
four, five, six. I see six shades of pink going on right now. So <laughs> probably should incorporate that into a website plot twist I already have. Um, and then picking out some other colors. So uh, if you want to stay really simple, what I like to do is pick one primary color and then have a, a theme and variations on it. So maybe having some neutral colors to balance it. So a black and a white, maybe you can play around with the softness of those, or if you want to have, um, you know, a complementary color. So whatever works with that primary one, just kind of balancing it out. Then you can get into the fonts and one of the things I see so many people do is use like six different fonts and it's so unnecessary and overwhelming. So rule of thumb is to use three. If that feels like too much, stick with two and just keep it simple. And it will start to make a lot more sense once you have things on there. It's a huge project, like I said before, but once you start paring things down, it'll start to make a lot more sense as you go along. What are some of your favorite platforms to build websites? Like if I was a musician and I was like, okay, I'm feeling inspired after listening to Taylor on this podcast, like I'm ready to make my first website. What are some things I should consider when looking at building it from scratch? Yeah. Wix is my favorite website builder because before you hook it up to the domain, the URL, it is free. So some other sites, like there's this one other platform I really like um, called Show It, but you have to pay for it to use it, which is kind of a bummer. So if you're not ready for that stage yet and you wanna just play around, Wix is a really great option. We actually, in the agency I'm a part of and our media, we use it for all of our sites. And the thing I like a lot, especially compared to something like Squarespace is Wix has a lot more flexibility in terms of where you can move things around in your creative abilities with it. I find that Squarespace is very limiting in a lot of things. There are aspects that can be really helpful if you kind of just want it to be like a little bit more, I don't know, like in between the lines or like boxed in, I guess. It feels very like boxy to me, but I find with Wix, there's a lot more room, like I said, for creativity. And there's a lot of pre-existing things on there that make it really easy. It's basically like a glorified word doc you don't have to know any coding i do not know how to code it makes it super super easy there's also a bajillion that's a technical term um, a bajillion examples of, <laughs> of um <laughs> website, options. <laughs> website options on there that makes it really helpful so you're not creating something from nothing you can kind of start with a base layer and then tweak it to your own thing yeah i will say Squarespace definitely gets some brownie points in that it is incredibly easy to use, but I agree. It's very limiting. It's super boxy. Honestly, that's a perfect, I mean, it's square, <laughs> right? Squarespace. Like, I guess that's it. <laughs> but I will say like any of the really impressive sites that I've seen created through Squarespace do require coding. So just something to consider. I am also yeah. a Wix girl. Wix Love is it. just like so easy and so user-friendly for anybody who like is like, I'm not interested in like being proficient at this. I just need a website. You know, Wix is, is a really great way to go. Yeah. And I think one of the other aspects I really like about it is that there are a ton of blog posts they have. And like Google is your best friend when you can't figure something out and they have a ton of resources. So it's not like you're doing it for the very first time with no support. There's so many options. So it's, yeah, very user-friendly. Totally. But we did talk a little bit, obviously, you do design people's websites for a living. 
And I want to tell people there is nothing wrong with hiring someone else to do your website either. Because I think for a lot of people, you know, Michelle handles all of our social. She does the design aspects of those. Uh, A lot of people don't realize how little you know about design when it comes to marketing and consistency. Because, you know, even for myself, I, you know, made art all my life. But making art for marketing is a different deal. It's a whole different scheme of art. And even if you think you know, you don't. (laughs) So I've seen a lot of people who I don't consider to have a bad eye for color or design make bad (laughs) websites or make bad social media. Uh, And it's nothing personal. I once saw somebody use lime green font on a purple background, and I will not tell you who, (laughs) but it was unreadable. And so there's just this thing where... It's okay to admit you don't know and let someone else do the hard stuff. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I also find that as artists, especially when you have this very specific vision in your head and you can't get it to look like what you want as a website, that's something I've heard a lot of performers say is like, I have this vision, but I just can't get it to do what I want it to or, or look how I like I want it to look. And I think that's a really good opportunity to hire someone, especially if you keep feeling frustrated. Like someone once said to me, he's like, I've tried to make a website like 15 times. And I was like, okay, that's, that's just, you're losing time. At that point, you're also losing money because it's not making you money. You're, if you are putting something out there, that's just not living up to your artistic level or you as a professional, it really is going to lose you money. So there are definitely options. One of the things that I really like especially not to brag, but like within my agency is that while we do lots of custom designs for people and can make it look like the most unique individual website you've ever seen, that also comes at a higher price point. And especially if you're coming right out of school or you're just, I mean, we're in a pand- in a pandemic or going through the pandemic and music is not always prioritized. So that being said, there are things like we have artists templates that's more of like a you just plug in your information here to make it a lot easier and it's a lot more cost effective for you um if you kind of feel a little bit more tech savvy or like design savvy there's ways that you can meet yourself you know halfway kind of thing if your budget's not as big as you'd like it to it's not a moment of defeat if you need to hire someone it's that's a power move in my mind you know to reach out to people who are the experts at it and it gives you an opportunity to like actually focus on your craft instead yeah i think no one people don't realize how long it takes to build like a nice good functional seo friendly like looking good with the photography type website it it does take a lot of time to make a nice product like that's to be expected but people never really think about the time commitment and honestly things like website templates are game changer like come on. And I think a lot of people will look at it and you can totally tell me from your experience, but I think a lot of people will look at it and like templates are usually between like 150 to like $500, like kind of depending on what you're looking like. And I feel like people look at that and they're like, wait, I can just do this myself. Like, why would I invest a couple hundred dollars? That feels like a waste. And then the second you like sit down to do it yourself, you're like, oh shoot. And then there's time wasted. Like you're feeling a little bit bad. You're feeling a little bit defeated. So If you've never looked into a website template, it makes life so easy, especially like I said, I feel like I have to remind myself that like not everybody 
like cares to be design savvy or tech savvy like there's so many musicians who are like I have I have no desire to do that like I understand it's a skill but it's not a skill I want to have and I respect that and so like using something like a website template or going to a designer when you're ready for that next step like is so invaluable yeah absolutely and for example I don't actually do the graphic design elements like I I build out and do the SEO part of the site we have a graphic designer who does the logos and I know Michelle like you're really good with graphic design I cannot do that me trying to use Canva to make something two percent better than the (laughs) clip art that is already on there is not cute so it is absolutely a skill and even that for example is playing into my own strengths and saying this is not something that I particularly want to learn or spend time doing like graphic design and things like that this is where my skill set lies and so I'm going to play into that strength and not waste anyone's time trying to make this a thing that it's not yeah no totally that's basically how this podcast yeah. is split up between Michelle and I. I'm like, you can t- you can handle, take the socials. I don't want to see it. <laughs> yeah, totally. I'm all the front end stuff and she's like got everything on the back end. Love it. It's a great partnership. Amazing. No surprise there. <laughs> yeah. But okay, so we, we've kind of talked about, you know, the the way that a website serves you. Um, You've also worked in photography and social media as well. So what are some ways that we can kind of think about those as separate like assets to a musician as a whole? Because I think a lot of people are like, I've heard people say like, oh, well, if I have a website, then like I don't really need social media or like, well, my social media is already good. I post a lot. Nobody needs like I don't need a website because people can just find everything on my TikTok or my Instagram everything's built out. I don't really need updated photos. Like I don't want to pay for a photographer. What are some ways that we can think about all of those working together? Yeah, that is, thank you for bringing that up. So (laughs) to to me, they, they are not, you can have one without the other. I mean, you can, but it's not serving you. I think of a website kind of like kind of like a book in a way like this is where all the information lies there's a lot more space for detail and breakdowns of information and a way for you to talk to specific people about your different offers a place to host all your different offers a place to showcase the things in a very strategic way and in a way where it's laid out very particularly Socials, on the other hand, I think of more in an in the moment kind of thing or a much more day to day kind of thought process, especially for like upcoming events or a way to allow people to get to know you a little bit more so that you're building a trust with that audience or a potential client or a potential student. And then they can go to your website and see more of that information. If you think about all the information that's housed on your website, if you try to put that in your social media, people would have to scroll and scroll and scroll and go to different posts to find that information, or it would be the world's longest caption ever. I don't even think, I think the character limit would run out before you could (laughs) properly, you know, write everything that you needed to, to hold all that information. So doing that, they, they kind of work in tandem in my mind. And then when it comes to the actual photos as part of it, For me, this is also a way to help 
show your personality, help show your individual qualities and how unique you are, and to really convey what makes you the person that they should get to know. And then you're just, it kind of like, it snowballs. Like you're starting with this like little introduction of yourself just through a photo. And then maybe they're seeing a video and then they're reading your captions and then they're interested in what it is that you're offering, what you're bringing to the table. And then they're looking at your offers and then they're they're reaching out. It's like, it's a whole process that's kind of working all together. And in my mind, they just really don't exist on their own without each other. All of this to be said, yes, it is an investment, but it's the thing that's going to continue and work as a long-term strategy to continue helping you make money, establish yourself, get the word out about your offers, make connections with people beyond your local area or beyond, you know, your in-person connections. And so it's a necessary investment. Yeah. I mean, when all of it is working together, it's like the difference of being able to hand somebody like a really polished business card or like writing your information on like a crumpled napkin that you pull out of your pocket, right? Like (laughs) the difference can be very, very big and it's, it really is to serve you. And I think like a lot of people are just like, oh, this is superfluous. You know, it's it's extra, whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's all coming together to serve you and further you and whatever it is that you're trying to market about yourself, whether you're trying to get gigs or a side hustle or a dual career. It's a very powerful tool that's not to be overlooked, in my humble opinion. Yeah. <laughs> and- It's something that we're going to have to cover in probably a future social media episode, but the difficulty of navigating just having a bunch of social media um, accounts is that social media accounts don't play well with each other. They don't want people traveling from one to the next unless they're related in the way that Instagram and Facebook are owned by the same company. So that's why, for example, if you posted something that you recorded on TikTok on Instagram and you didn't remove the TikTok logo, it will kill your ability to reach an audience. The nice thing about a website is you can, you know, make it a meeting place for people to see the different social media without it killing off any of these links, any of the, you know, it it doesn't really work, unfortunately, because linking to other social media within social media is a big red flag on those accounts because they don't want people traveling outside. Yes. Yeah. And the, I don't know, there's just something about you saying that. To me, it's like, a website is like the structure it's like the bones of a house and social media is the rooms inside like they can't you can't have a room without exactly. the bones yeah yeah it's your domain too like that's the thing is like your website is not going to punish you for linking to your instagram and your tiktok and your thing it's not going to kill your reach or your seo it's not going to do anything to you because you've decided to link a bunch of disparate sites together. And that's the thing is like, if somebody finds you on Instagram and they go to your website, well, now they can see that you've got a TikTok. Maybe they'll go check out how you are in your other socials. Maybe they'll see your Facebook or, you know, they'll see when you're performing next. Like, this is a really great meeting place. And in a way, your socials act as more like an advertisement for your website than the other way around. Yeah. Yeah. Do you mind if I just say one quick thing about that? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Um. I I think that it can sound really overwhelming, right? To like saying like, have photos taken, post them on social media, post videos of you, have a website, have it all, have all the branding match together. 
that can feel really overwhelming. Before that wave knocks you down, the way that I like to reframe it in my mind is it's just opportunity. It's opportunity to connect with new people, to potentially get work that you might not have been able to do before, to just create more chances in your life to get that job or whatever it is. And so instead of just thinking of it as like something you have to do, I try and think of it as like, what can I do with this to enhance my life even more or further my career along or connect with people who might put me up for an opportunity that I wouldn't have known otherwise. And that's truly been my experience. Like people are really supportive and want to help you and they can't do that unless they have something to share with other people. Yeah, absolutely. And I think when you're pretty solid on all those three fronts of social media, website and photography, it really helps build trust with your audience because they are given the opportunity, especially to those who don't know you in person or like Taylor, you said they're being recommended to you, but they don't know you. It really gives them a good picture of what they're looking to hire, who they're looking to collaborate with. Um, and I think, you know, not only helps you like attract clients and people that you would want to work with and land you jobs that you would like actually be interested in, but like just builds that trust of like, oh yeah, I haven't met this person, but like after scrolling through their social media and looking at their website, like I feel like, yeah, I, I want to work with this person. And that is really important to have on your side. Yeah. Yeah. A good website is like a good interview outfit. It's not the make or break of a career, but it certainly helps. I love that. Yeah. You're wearing the power jumpsuit. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Then you're doing pretty good. So we've mentioned that you wear a lot of hats that, you know, you do web design and social media and photography, and you're also a very accomplished flutist and a music instructor. So how do you end up? kind of balancing you know between all of these different jobs and like how do you find time for that and time for yourself yeah it is a continuous challenge of time management something I've (laughs) really been feeling this week I will say that I I found that it's kind of I'm picturing I'm a very like visual symbolism kind of person but like you know like a soundboard like a recordings and stuff like that, how there's like the different little toggle things and some are higher and some are lower. That's how I kind of picture my life and the hats that I wear. So for example, web design stuff that kind of goes on autopilot right now. That's not something I need to put continuous learning into. It kind of is self-sustaining in terms of what I need to do for it. So that's pretty, I would say low right now, but it's something I do often. Photography is a little bit newer to me and just functions in a different way. And because that's not something you can go back and edit in the same way you can as web design, I feel like that is a little bit higher for me. And especially because it's very seasonal, that that right now is something that's much higher up um, on my timeline. Flute playing, I have taken a step back from it, but having flute lessons really helps um, keep it in my life still. Before the pandemic, I was playing in a couple orchestras um, and doing some more freelance things, and that was super fun. In a way, let me phrase this properly, the pandemic, the silver lining of the pandemic in terms of uh, working online is that it's given me a little bit more time to focus on other things that just need that attention right now. But 
I still feel really connected to my instrument and it's something that I want to spend more time practicing on in the future. But with all these things, I know that none of them are ever going away. So I try not to panic about it too much, especially like with things that I don't get to devote as much time to. I find that with myself, I'm a very just creative person overall. Like I need to be doing something creative probably every single day or I don't feel super fulfilled. That looks like a lot of different things for me. And I try and find hobbies that I don't have to put pressure on myself to be creative about. So for example, like I really love reading. So that's really easy. And it's not that it feels creative, but it's a nice outlet. Um, I really like songwriting and songwriting with friends. So that's really fun to do. And it keeps me in check. So it, you know, it's, we're doing it together and it, it takes the pressure off and setting the bar pretty low is like, this is just for fun. And this is what we get to do. Um, wearing all those different hats and balancing all those things, it's just kind of reminded me that, like I said, nothing's ever going away. I continuously get to make the choice. And I really think that this is only possible, not only, this is more possible for me because I'm self-employed. So there's been days where I just like, I really need a break. I'm so sick of sitting at my desk and in a, a very stagnant position and I need to go like play something at the piano or I need to go like for a walk and like just look at some trees and and, like do that. And I think that there's been so much more freedom in my life to be able to do that creatively or just as a human versus when I was working at a marketing company, having to go into work um, and it felt a lot more rigid. And I remember trying to come home and, and practice after and was like, okay, you can either eat dinner at 8.30 p.m., and play before, or you just don't get to practice at all kind of thing. So it's a constant balance, but it's, I mean, just getting to be creative is really, really wonderful. And when you allow yourself to remove that pressure to be everything all the time, I think it makes it so much more enjoyable. That's awesome. Yeah. I know like in my own life, when music has been my kind of, not my only passion, but like the passion that I place above all else, when you hit that inevitable period of burnout, however often that can occur for each individual, it's it can be really bad because you've invested yourself and all your passion and all you, a lot of yourself into one thing. And I found now that I do other things in addition to music, when I'm feeling burnt out by music or something else that I'm doing, that other thing can can give me that creative like passion and that energy and kind of make me feel better about whatever it is I'm feeling burnt out about. It's just nice to be able to switch between things because you can't be like 100% invested in one thing all the time. It's just not usually sustainable for most people. Yeah. So it is really amazing to have those different passions and be able to switch between them. Thanks. Yeah. And I found even to the musicians and artists that I look up to the most are the ones who do have so many passions, like who do so many things outside of being a musician and I find that really inspiring and I really hope that that's something that like generations below us continue to do and and don't you know take everything so seriously all the time from your lips to God's ears (laughs) (laughs) hopefully (laughs) I think this next generation of musicians is going to be much much more healthy and in a slightly healthier (laughs) ambiance just industry so yeah, I, I hope the same for, for future musicians to know that it's okay. 
everything's going to be okay. Well, thank you for coming and sharing all of your expertise with us. We do really appreciate it. I mean, most importantly, since you do all of this very important work and are, I'm sure uh, some audience members would like to connect with you and talk <laughs> website, um, can you tell them where they can find you on your socials? Yeah, so you can find... Or your website. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> all of She's all got it all. <laughs> She's... Um, yeah, so you can find me on Instagram at the Taylor Rossi, T-H-E, and then my name. Um, my website for photography is Taylor Rossi Photography, and then our web design agency is Nicole Ricardo Media, um, and then you can find that Instagram at nrmedia underscore. So all of them are wonderfully linked together. If you go to my Instagram, you'll find my site, and then on my site, you can find our web design agency site so you find one you find them all and we'll have everything linked in the bio as well so for those of you who are looking on an app you can just scroll down (laughs) and i know you guys are working on um a lot of stuff at at nr media is there anything that we should be like aware of that's coming up in the horizon yeah so in it's a little bit from now but in march uh march or april we always do a, a yearly free summit just on marketing yourself as a creative person. So lots of videos and lots of wonderful people who have shared their time with us um, to offer lessons and trainings on that. And then otherwise, we are always just sharing little tips on our blog and can always reach out to us about questions. So that's, uh, that's pretty much what's coming up. Sweet. All right, folks. Awesome. You've learned about websites. You've learned about social media. You learned about photography. We urge you to reach out to Taylor and to the team at NR Media if you have any questions. So, you know, check out those artist templates. Think about <laughs> think about revamping your website. But it's so awesome to have you on the podcast, Taylor. It's been a long time coming. So we're, we're super excited and um, super thankful for everything that you shared today. Thank you so much for having me. It was so, so much fun to chat. <laughs>